Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim Adaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We are now in Perak Rivi'i of Masachet Balakama in the second Mishnah, which is on Daf Lamed Zayin Amud Aleph. Shor Here we are introduced to the notion of selective or local muadut. If a an ox is muad for its own species, meaning other bovines, ve'ena muad but not muad for others. Muad ladam ve'ena muad Parenthetically, I'm reading the Mishnah as per one of the interpretations in the Gemara. You'll see what I mean. If it's muad for people and not for animals, muad liktanim ve'ena muad liktolim. Tanim here means like calves, and not for adult animals. Then Then it only pays Nezak Shalim for those things for which it's Muad. So in the first example, if it's only Muad to kill other to attack other Shvarim, if it attacks a shore at that point, then you pay Nezak Shalim, but if it attacks a lamb, for instance, it would pay Chatzinezak. I'm really familiar Evidently, they're asking a question, what if you have an animal that demonstrates a proclivity to vi- propensity for, uh, for, ev- for our violence on Shabbat, but not on weekdays? Now, evidently, they understood that with uh, species-related or age-related muadut, um, the way to demonstrate that the animal is no longer muad is when he starts hanging around that target species and isn't violent. How do you do that with time? Three Shabbatot, in which the animal is not violent, demonstrates that he has lost that bad habit or whatever. Okay, Itmar. Here I go back to a point that I've made numerous times in these podcasts, is that the Amoraim did not have a written version of the Mishnah in front of them. And Mishnah continue to be taught only orally, and therefore we have numerous examples um, where the particular details of the text, how a particular word is written, or whether a particular word should be in there, uh, is debated. And at no point does anybody say, Nete Sefer Vinechzeh, let's check the authoritative text, because such a thing did not yet exist. Rav Zvid says, that when you read the Mishnah, read it the way I read it. Which means, a, if we have a shore that is muad, let me know, reading the first line, and we know it not to be muad, which means it has demonstrated repeated docility in the context of other animals, then it's judged as we saw. Rapapa said that the statement in the Mishnah is complete. It is not a condition, but it's also the consequence. Meaning, if a shore is muad for other oxen, that doesn't make it muad for anything else. So let's see. And as Ozvid says, it's read meaning if we know it not to be muad, meaning the default is that it is muad. If it's muad to attack shvarim, then that means that it's muad to attack other animals unless we know it to be not true. meaning the He says it's the consequence. If it's muad for one, that does not make it muad for the other, and that's the default. So we should understand they're not operating with different trend, uh, traditions. After all, they're both students in, in Rava's Beit Midrash, but rather they are inferring it from the Mishnah itself. Rav Zvid Dayak Misefa. Rav Zvid came to his conclusion from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah stipulated that if it is Muad for Ktanim, then either that doesn't mean that it is, or we know it not to be Muad Ligdolim. 
then that's the rule. Now, then the consequences. If you read like I do, which is that it's which means it's stating some information, but otherwise it would be considered then it's teaching us an important principle that normally if it attacks young it's muad already for older unless we know it not to be true if you want to read it like Rav Papa which is an entire, a statement in its entirety does not make it muad dolim meaning the default is not muad, so go back to the first case, which is from one species to another. And according to Papa's interpretation, if it's muad for oxen, that doesn't make it muad for anything else. So that means that from young oxen, calves, to young sheep, for instance, lambs, it's not muad. Then you have to tell me that from calves to adult, Oxen, it's not muad. It's obvious that if it's not willing to attack other young, it certainly won't attack older. So muad, Rapapa, what would Rapapa answer? Rapapa said, no, the text has to, the Mishnah would have to teach you that because we have to show you that I would think that once it's already attacked that species, maybe it's going to attack all of that species, old and young. Whether old or young. Therefore, it's teaching you that that's not the case, that it is also uh, age-specific. That's Rav Zvid's diuk, Rav Papa's potential con- uh, conjectured retort. Rav Papa, Rav Papa inferred from the opening line of the Mishnah his approach. We're reading it like Rav Papa now, that if you're Muad Ladam, you're not Muad Lebehema. If you read it like I do, that's fine. Which means if it attacks people, that doesn't tell you it's going to attack animals. And that teaches you an important principle that even though it's willing to attack people, that doesn't mean that it's willing to attack animals. Now, I'm not an expert on animal psychology and psychology of violence among animals or propensity, but it seems to be a fairly convention, a fairly well-accepted convention that animals are more frightened of people than they are of animals. So if an animal is willing to attack people, I would think for sure it is a violent animal towards other animals. Therefore, it's mechadish that that's not the case. But if you want to read it like Rav Zvid, which means the default is that if it attacks a person, the default is it will attack an animal. After all, you said that from one animal to another, it is muad in the way you read it, Rav Zvid. If it attacks Shvarim, we assume that it'll attack all animals unless we know differently. Then do you have to teach me that if it attacks people, it'll attack animals? Rav Zvid, what's his take? The opening line of the Mishnah is not talking about establishing Muadut, but rather establishing a return to docility. Let's say an animal was violent towards all. And then suddenly it started acting docile around animals. It had evidently recovered from whatever that was. How do we see it? Because it stands there an animal three times, doesn't hurt damage. So if we haven't yet proven that it is docile in, con- in the context of people, I might think that that, re- that, reforma- that reforming, that rehabilitation is meaningless. Meaning that once it was it now has to re- demonstrate tamut towards both. Maybe that's what the, that's what the Mishnah is teaching, is that it's reformation, it's, uh, it's rehabilitation, if you will, from attacking animals is itself significant vis-a-vis animals at least.
Now, Meitave is a challenge to Rabbi Zvid. Sumchu Sumer Muad Adam Muad Behema. He reads that if it's Muad Adam, it is Muad Behema. Mikal Vachomer. And what's that? Umal Adam Muad, if it's willing to attack a person, the Behema Lakol Shekane, certainly it'll attack an animal. Now, we see Sumchus as standing against our Mishnah. Michal de Tana Kama, Enomuad Kamar. So clearly our Mishnah, our Tana, is reading it like our Papa. Meaning he's, he's, he's reporting a statement of fact, a, a statement of fact and a conclusion. If it is Muad Ladan, that does not make it Muad Lebehema. And Sumchus disagrees. So Amr Le Rav Zvid, Rav Zvid answered this challenge. <coughs> Uh, and he used the same thing that we then posited for him in, uh, earlier, which is that Sumchus is not relating to establishment of Muadut, but rather re- returning from that. Tanakama said as follows, because this is Rav Zvid's whole take, that the Tanakama was talking not about establishing it as Muad, but returning to the status of Tam. You who claim that it's demonstration of docility in the con- in the uh, in the uh, in neighborhood of animals is meaningful. I disagree and say that's not meaningful. After all, if he hasn't yet changed his attitude, his attitude and behavior towards Adam, and certainly that means nothing about the behema. The fact that it was docile is just some sort of coincidence. Okay, so Rav Zvid has defended himself now. Ravashi Toshma. I'm really Fine Rabbi Yehuda. Ravashi proves Rav Zvid's position from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah this quoted the student said to Rabbi Yehuda, And again we have to read either Veinamuad or Enamuad. Now um and that was his answer. Now if you accept the reading of Rav Zvid, then that means the students are presenting some information to Rabbi Yehuda, waiting for an answer. If we see that he attacks on Shabbat, and we see he does not attack during the week, he's they're asking a question. And he's answering that that pattern is meaningful halachically. But if you read Enamuad like her Papa, that means they're, they're, the students are declaring he's Muad the Shabbat, that doesn't make him Muad for Chol. They're teaching Rabbi Yehuda the halacha. And also, what's his answer? His answer is just echoing what they said. So that seems to support Rav Zvid. He says, I can also support Rav Zvid from the opening of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that those things for which you muad, you pay full, and those the others you pay half. If you agree that you're reading Venamuad, which means we're only reading statements of fact and not yet the, the law, now the Mishnah is explaining here's what the rule is. If it is Muad for this, and we know it not to be Muad for that, full and half. But if you want to read it like a Papa, which means that it includes the entire halacha, both the statement of fact and the conclusion. So, Pascha. My two, um, then stop right there. My two, what do you have to add that for? Don't we know that law till now? This is sort of a, a, a small piece at the end. And even if you want to accept Rav Papa's position, or shall we say, we've effectively rejected Rav Papa. However, even Rav Papa would have to agree with this point. Nagach shor chamor v'gamal. If it attacked three animals, nasa muad lakol. Then it becomes muad lakol. 
And we don't say that it has to attack three shvarim and three chamorim and three gemalim. And we also don't, uh, which you could suppose here, um, that attacking three different kinds of animals does establish it as muad for all. Good. Okay, Taner Rabbanan. Now we're going to deal with some issues of timing. We started off with Shabbat versus Chol. Now the Brighter will expand. Meaning, every other shore it saw it gored, and the other one it walked past uh, quietly. Now, Samuah the Serugin the Shvarim. It is now Muad only for oxen, and only in alternation, which means that you're now past the next ox, you don't have to watch him. The one afterwards, you have to hold him tight. Meaning, we establish that there is a real, discernible, and <clears throat> actionable pattern of acting in alternation. Tanar Rabbanan, Ra'ashor Nagach, Chamor Lo Nagach, Sus Nagach, Gamal Lo Nagach, Perad Nagach, Arod Lo Nagach. So it saw an ox and gourd, then it saw a donkey didn't gourd. At this point we know nothing. It saw a horse and gourd, it saw a camel and didn't gourd. Again we know nothing. Perad Nagach, it saw a mule and gourd. At this point we now know that it is goring animals without distinction in alternation. Arod Lonagach, and then it saw a wild ass and didn't gore. Now the alternation has been proven because we now have three times subsequent to goring that it saw an animal didn't gore. Now, Samuel the Serugin Lakol. Now it is Muad for all animals in Serugin in alternation. Ibayalu. So then the question is asked. Nagach Shor Shor Vishor Chamor Vagamal. We're going to see four different plays out here. One is that it uh, gores an ox, an ox, an ox, and then a donkey and a camel. Mahu. How do we interpret this pattern? Do we see the third shore as being the third of the series of Shvarim, which means he's now Muad Shvarim, and then he's got two other animals. He's only Muad for those for Shvarim. Maybe the last shore is part of the beginning of a series of all animals. Now he's Muad for all. Now let's flip it, because maybe we'd be willing to say that we would be willing to reject that because he first did shor shor shor, but chamor v'gamal v'shor shor v'shor mahu. What if it's first a donkey, then a camel, then a shor, then two more shvarim? Now how to interpret? Hi shor kama bata chamor v'gamal shadinale. Do we say that the first shor is the end of a series that establishes him as muad for all? Vayle the kolamini odil mabata shvarim shadinale. Maybe it follows all the shvarim. Vakat the shvarim hudayadi. He's still only muad for shvarim because he had three shvarim in a row. And not for other animals. Now we'll do the same thing with time. Shabbat, 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 three Shabbatot in a row. Echad b'Shabbat b'Shin b'Shabbat, and now Sunday and Monday he goes. Mahu, Hashabbat b'Atrayt b'Ata Shabbat to the Shalim Do we say the third Shabbat is part of a pattern, and we've now established a pattern for Shabbatot, and Sunday and Monday are still just happenstance? Echad Shabbat today and the Miot Acholoyid, so he's not muad for weekdays. Maybe the third Shabbat is the beginning of a three-day reign of violence, and he's now he's muad for all days. Now flip it. Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, 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 now two more Shabbatot in a row. Mahu. Do we say that that first Shabbat is part of a series of three days in a row, and now he's muad for all days? Maybe that third Shabbat now becomes the first in a series of three Shabbatot. And the answer is to all of these teku. And the question really is how to interpret these patterns. Now, the last piece that we're going to see uh, takes us into an interesting direction psaq-wise. So let's say it was it gored on the 15th of Nisan. The 16th of Iyar. The 17th of Tam, of Sivan. 
Now, what what do we do on the 18th of, of Tammuz of Edgores? Is it full or half? Plug to the Rav Shmuel. We said it's dependent on a machloket and Rav Shmuel. Because every other series we've said that when it goes three times in a row, it's established a pattern. The pattern is established with three times. The question is, what's the pattern here? Is the pattern to go every month and a day later? Or is the pattern to go after a gap of a month and a day? Let's see. If a woman sees her veset, her period, uh, experiences it on the 15th of a month, and then the 16th of the next month, and the 17th of the next month, do we now have a veset? So the 18th of the next month, she's already obligated mid oraita to avoid relations with her husband the night before, etc., etc., as is the dina vesatot. Rav Amar kam ala veset. Rav says, that's it, you got a veset. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, no, you need three gaps, which means that the second re'iyah was after the first gap. We need one more gap, the 18th of, in our scenario, the 18th of Tammuz, and only then will there be a pattern established. Now, parenthetically, we always rule, we generally rule like Rav, when it comes to Isuri, when it comes to ritual law, which means in Hilchot Nido, we should pass on like Rav. We, uh, we rule like Shmuel when it comes to Dini, which means in the rule of Tam and Muad, we should rule like Shmuel. Of course, here that would lead us to conflicting conclusions, and therein lies some interesting discussion. Amarava, Shama Kol Shofar Venagach, Kol Shofar Venagach, Kol Shofar Venagach. If every, if three times in a row that an animal heard a blast of a shofar, it gored. Now, some Muad the shofarot. It's not Muad for shofarot, which means, of course, if you're in an area where they're blowing shofarot, you have a greater responsibility to hold your shore and your chayv nezek shalim. It's a pshita. That's a no-brainer. You just told me there's a pattern based on behavior and environment. Now, I might think that the first shofar blast was just something that scared him, and the violence wasn't really a pattern of violence, but just he was frightened. Kamash Malan, that we really do reckon that as a pattern once there's two more times to go with it. Okay, we'll pause at this point. I'll pick it up in the next podcast with a very curious and interesting discussion about Shor Shel Hektesh and specifically about Shor Shel Kanani. Everyone should have a wonderful day.